So my grandmother made me a purple chiffon dress when I was four years old because she was a seamstress, so it was easy for her to do. And she put me in that dress and told me how cute I was. And today I realized that that was psychological and emotional child abuse. That's what really was the impetus for everything that happened that, we, that we're talking about today. Because if it wasn't harmful, I wouldn't be talking about it 77 years later. And I actually was dealing with this before everybody even started this idea about transgenderism or gender dysphoria or transitioning. Um, for me, it was a purple dress when I was four years old, cross-dressing, feeling like there was something wrong with me because of what had happened. I was, uh, had early childhood sexual abuse by my uncle and so forth. And so I went to a gender therapist when I was in my late 30s and he told me that I needed hormones and surgery and and there was nobody saying you know the bridge is out the bridge is out don't do this you know i went ahead and had the hormones and i was on hormones for 12 years i had a surgical procedure done in 1983 i lived as um, identifying as laura jensen uh, until 1990 until i detransitioned you now over 30 years ago my name is jeff younger i was um, married to ann georgilis uh, pediatrician in Capel, Texas in 2010. Um, we had two children together halfway through our five-year marriage and about the age of two um, she began to do some strange things. She, When she would put my son James into uh, uh, to timeout she started saying things like don't be a boy the monsters only eat boys and we had 50-50 custody for two years prior to the divorce and um, during that time, when my child turned three, just a few months later, my son started telling me that mommy was teaching him that he was a girl. Mommy's teaching me that I have a girl's brain and a boy's body. Mom's putting me in dresses. Oh, you're a boy, right? No, I'm a girl. Who told you you're a girl? Mommy. <clears throat> um, any, does mommy um, do anything else like with a girl with you? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like dresses. What, what does she do? She do something on me. She puts dresses on you? Oh, wow. And what else does she do? She buys my headbands. Uh-huh. And, and, <clears throat> and she gets me hair clips. Oh, hair clips? Okay. Mm -hmm. What else? Some microphones. Jaeli was born in April 23, 2000. My beautiful girly girl that you ever met, she was the one who used to love to dress up since she was little until she started going to middle school. It breaks my heart to hear, you know, what's going on and what the school district, the DCFS, LGBT, is capable to do behind our back. Jaeli is starting to put a new identity in her. Yeah, she was uh, she was telling everyone that she was transgender, she was a boy, and she was uh, she wants us to call her Andrew. I talked to my daughter and I said, we're not ready for that. The school really pushes so hard to bring LGBT.
Loudoun County uh, is in Northern Virginia. We chose Loudoun County specifically because the academics, we wanted our son to have the best opportunity to grow and learn. We've been shocked uh, at what has been uncovered in the education system. Um, shame on us parents for not being more involved. Um, but we started to come awake when we discovered that there was some rather disgusting literature if you can even call it literature, being introduced to our schools under the guise of diversity. What they used that opportunity for was to bring in pornography to the schools. We started to see these books that were just horrific. Um, I mean, it's like, it, it's pornography. I don't know how else to put it. In the person's mind who's viewing uh, pornography, they are separating out that action from its integral purpose, which is between a husband and a wife for the procreation of children. So if you look at pornography, if a young person looks at pornography, they're automatically becoming confused about what sex is and what sex is for. It's, it may lead to gender confusion. It may contribute to gender confusion. I'm not saying pornography causes gender confusion. I'm saying I think it's one of the contributing factors. There are many contributing factors in our society. The schools themselves are highly responsible. The government's behind this whole effort to destroy uh, kids and get them to buy into the whole LGBT. You know, they want to advance, they want to make everyone transgender that they possibly can. I feel like the transgender movement is affecting our youth so much and I can see those effects starting to happen. I mean, I have a seven-year-old daughter. Um, Came, came home one day and said uh, that her her best friend had cut her hair off because she wanted to try, she wanted to be a boy for the day, right? And her teacher had said that they needed to love each other because, you know, it was just depending on how you were feeling for the day and it was okay to feel different ways. And so to me, it's just our children are being victimized by the propaganda that's being shown on TV and now also in our schools. Kids are being inundated on a daily basis through social media to indoctrinate our children, to confuse our children. These schools are not reinforcing my values. They're not reinforcing community standards and values. They're reinforcing social media values. It's strikingly clear that this is not derived from science. This is not derived from, from biology, why these kids are doing this. While the number of boys wanting to transition his continue to rise at, at, at an unbelievable rate, the number of girls is it's increasing at an exponential rate. So if you're a girl and you're not skinny enough, um, your eyes aren't um, big enough, your eyelashes aren't beautiful enough, you've got social media telling you that that's because you're in the wrong body. That message comes across so strong, so powerful, that mom and dad and their values get completely pushed to the side. If you take the extended family, for instance, years ago, a young boy and a young girl grew up within not just a family with mom and dad uh, and brothers and sisters, but there were aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas. And the girls grew up in a society where all of her, her big sisters, her mom, her cousins and aunts were all together and she could see what a woman was and what a mother was and what a wife was and naturally wanted to be like those older people who she admired. Likewise, the boys uh, were looking up to their big brothers, to their cousins, to their uncles, to their fathers, their grandfathers, 
and could see in a very natural environment what it meant to be a man and they would want to emulate and be like those men. When those structures of the family and the extended family break down, and they've broken down enormously in the last 50 or 60 years, then those structures which help to support a young girl and a young boy are also broken and that may lead therefore to some gender confusion. This is a social contagion that people have developed through the internet, through groups at school, and now it has become a fad. It's almost, if you're a person who's sort of a wallflower, doesn't connect well with uh, other young people your age, 14 or 15 or 16, you can suck the air out of the room by just announcing, hey, I'm transgender, and all of a sudden you're in a group. Early on in the process, as COVID took place and some parents started seeing what was going on because they were seeing it directly in their homes, they started to go to the school board meetings to address what they were seeing, which they had a lot of concerns about. Community members are invited and encouraged to attend Loudoun County School Board meetings to observe public deliberations. The school board welcomes comments from the public and believes strong community engagement is important to a successful school system. Board members, we're gonna to move to item 905 from Pupil Services Committee, adoption of policy 8040, rights of transgender and gender expansive students. And each speaker will be given one minute. I have a question for you ladies on the school board. How would you like to go into a locker room right now where there is a naked man staring at you with an erection? If the thought of that makes you uncomfortable, it also makes my 12-year-old daughter uncomfortable. If passed, policy 8040 would allow boys and adult LCPS male staff members to walk around naked in the girls' locker rooms. This is sick. Can you be followed into a locker room before gym and be watched as you change into gym clothes? Can the girls watch me dress and undress in my gym clothes if I declare I'm a girl? Because now I call myself a girl, can I travel in the girls' soccer team, sleep in the girls' hotel rooms with my PJs, watching the girls shower and change clothes? If I declare I'm a woman today, can I follow you into the women's bathroom? This is a school building after all. If you vote for 8040, this is exactly what you'll be voting for. When you consider there's 14,000 school districts in this country, when was the last time in our country's history 14,000 school districts were implementing the same ideology, the same plan, the same lessons at the same time? Never happened. How is this happening? It's coming from the CDC and COVID dollars. If you're a school district like Loudoun County, for example, or Fairfax County, or any one of these other counties in the country, they're saying this is mafia-like tactics where they're saying we will give you X number of dollars. We'll get, for Loudoun, it's $12 million. We'll give you $12 million. You can do virtually what you want with it, but you have to teach social emotional learning and tenets of critical race theory. And if you fail to do that, then you have to pay the money back. All these school districts take this money in, they buy lights for their football stadium, they do this, they do that, but the key thing that they can't waver on is implementing critical race theory tenets and social emotional learning. If they do, they have to pay that money back. That is how you are seeing this happen simultaneously across the country at the same time. I'm Nora Rafalski and I go to Banneker Elementary School. I'm in fifth grade. I've noticed this new plaque on one of the uh, staff restrooms. It's a all gender restroom is what they call it. And they have a male, a female, and then a person with like half the skirt that they use for the females and then no skirt on the other side. So I'm, I'm not really sure what that's about. I don't like the idea of having people that aren't supposed to be in, people that aren't going in the right bathrooms or identify as someone that they're, they aren't. But again, I don't, I don't hate the people that are um, 
choosing to make that decision. Like I don't, I dislike the transgender thing, and I, I feel bad for the people who have been like caught up all into that and have believed that that is like something they should be. They should be someone that they are. Do we have assaults in our bathrooms or our locker rooms regularly? I would hope not, but I would like clarification. To my knowledge, we don't have any records of assaults occurring in our restrooms. A man can use a girl's bathroom because they self-declare they're going to be a woman. This opens up to all criminals to use the women's bathroom. You know, different bathrooms for different uh, for men and women have been part of our society, part of every society, as long as you can remember that men and women go to the bathroom in different areas. Now, why people feel they can transgress on this is beyond me, because it seems to me that as soon as somebody does, somebody's going to be offended. So, as a Catholic priest, I'm always tiptoeing around everybody being offended at whatever I say, okay? We always have to be careful with how people perceive us, try not to offend anybody and step on anybody's toes or offend anybody. And yet, a boy will go into a girl's bathroom on purpose. That's going to offend somebody, be sure of it. You have people who are uh, leering at women. You have people who are just trying to intimidate women. You have all sorts of stalking going on now against women by men claiming to be women. I'm not claiming, I'm not saying that transgenders are criminals. I am saying that it opens up the window for criminals to operate freely. Our students do not need to be protected and they are not in danger from their transgender peers. The predator transgender student is, or person, simply it does not exist. And I think it's, um, it's part of uh, maybe a misunderstanding of what, what it means to be transgender but the data is just simply not playing that out. We had a, uh, a young girl who went into a bathroom at a major high school during school hours, and uh, there was a, one of these transgender boys, a boy who wore a girl's dress. He went into the, into the bathroom uh, and he forced himself on her, forcibly sodomized her, um, and so the school board, what they did, they kept it secret. And, you know, they tried to hide it as much as they could. And they secretly moved this boy from one school to the other. And uh, rather than have him put in, in juvenile detention where he belonged, that instead he was, uh, he was released with an ankle bracelet. So he goes over from Stonebridge High School, and he goes to Broad Run High School wearing his ankle bracelet. And while he's there, he attacks a girl at, uh, at uh, Broad Run High School. The school board has lied, knowingly lied. The superintendent has lied. There's tons of examples where the principals have covered things up and have withhold information in terms of violent crime and other actions. And there's tons of examples now in terms of teachers not telling parents what's going on. The rape that occurred in Loudoun County is an example of the attacks that are taking place throughout the country. For example, this father that was arrested here 
they didn't want it out. They didn't want anybody to know about it. So they had him arrested before he could actually testify at a public hearing. And they arrested anybody who was in support of just speaking about the rape that was occurring. There is a requirement that these crimes be reported. They are trying to prevent the investigation and the conviction of individuals in the school system. Kids come to school, they change clothes in a transition closet as they're called to present as the opposite sex while they are at school. And then that is hidden from the parents. So this really drives a wedge between families. Uh, schools go so far as to deceive parents that on documents they will be referred to as one thing at school and another thing that is sent home with correspondence with parents. Parents often are kept completely in the dark about what's going on with their child at school. It's a disgrace. So I first wanted to become a teacher because I worked as a professor of military science. I'm a retired military um, officer. With that being said, I just absolutely love mentoring um, future leaders in the Army. And I, I thought the logical transition would be to education and the opportunity to um, influence the next generation of, of either students or hopefully leaders. We were asked uh, to attend an in-service prior to the 21 22 school years to discuss the topic of transgenderism at the school and how we should react to it as teachers. And in, in, in that situation, we were advised that, hey, should a student come out to us as transgender, we were not to, to divulge that to the parents. So the, the in-service was um, uh, very calculated in that we were not to share information with the family. When we were in a meeting one day, our, when we were told by our administration that, you know, if Susie wanted to be called by the name of Joe because she wanted to take the identity of a male instead, that it was okay for us to do that and that it would be something that we kept between the children and ourselves and with our partner teachers, of course. But we definitely couldn't call the parents and notify them of this change that was happening in the classroom. If the parents called by any reason to ask about the children's grades or because of any concerns that arose, that we were not allowed to tell them. I have learned to maintain standards and to uphold standards. And without a doubt, when I feel that my personal conviction is compromised, I will leave and I did leave. I actually had a student that wanted to be called her name she wanted to be go by Alex instead and she because she felt more like she identified more by a male. You know, and this student was one of those that one week she identified as a male and the next week she wanted to identify as a female. And one week she was interested in females and the other week she was interested in males. And it was always consistently changing, right? She asked one of my co-teachers if she could be identified as Alex instead. And my co-teacher was like, sure, that's fine. You know, of course, the meeting that we had just attended said we had to abide by whatever the student wanted because of student privacy um, issues that could arise from it. Um, I told the student that I would have to talk to her parent about it and see if her parent uh, was okay with it. And then that if the parent was willing to do that, then I would go ahead and do that. As soon as I told the student that, the student got very alarmed and said, my mom has no idea this is happening. You're not allowed to tell my parent. Um, I'm not, I, I, this is supposed to be kept between us. You know, I don't want my parents to know. 
And so to me, that just became a concern because I was like, who are these students talking to elsewhere in the school that they were notified that we could keep secrets with them? What we all need to understand, and listen to me when I say this, when a school is hiding something from the parents, they're hiding it from the parents because they know what they're doing is wrong. They know what they're doing is destructive. They know what they're doing is harmful. They know what they're doing is going to destroy that child's life. That's why they don't tell the parents. I teach in a school where it's 10-year-olds up to 13-year-olds. My child was in the same grade level. And as a parent, I was just so concerned with the fact of, is my ch if my child was going through this, would I ever even be notified? So I spoke to the counselor about it. And I asked her, you know, how should I approach this? The counselor said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. But sure enough, a week later, a parent, the parent of that student called because she was concerned because she had noticed changes in her daughter, wanted to know what was going on at school, if there was anything affecting her at school, if she was being bullied at school. I don't believe that it is safe for us to take our children to a government school at this point. Because now, with this transgenderism issue, because even if you try to fight them at the school board, that doesn't change who they are at their core. Like President Trump said this in his speech, he said you wouldn't let these people babysit your kids for 30 minutes, but you're leaving them at these schools with these type of people six hours a day, six to eight hours a day, five days a week for 12 years. So they're being indoctrinated. We as conservatives believe that we want government out of every area of our lives, except education. It doesn't make sense. God has called us to educate our children. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. That means that's our job to train up our children. That's education. Right now, we're letting the enemy and the devil train up our children. So when I talked to the parent, I said, unfortunately, there's not things that I can share with you because our district is telling us we can't share them with you, but I will let the administrator know so that they can contact you. So when I contacted our administrator, they said that I shouldn't even have said that to the, the parent and that they, they didn't see any reason as to why they needed to talk to the parent. So I went ahead and told the parent that the child had been wanting to go by a different name and that the child was struggling with gender identity um, and that this had been going on since the beginning of the year. At this point, it had already been three months. The parent immediately withdrew the student from the school. She was really upset with the administration because she was never notified about this. I went above what they had told me not to do. And as a parent myself, putting myself in that position, I didn't agree with those things. So I did start to notice my administration find ways to start to make me feel uncomfortable with my position at the school. Um, I think that that's when I realized that if I was going to speak up for my children and for my students, that I could no longer work in the education system. When she started high school is when everything, the doors opened to transgender, going to meetings, going to every, all the support the dating that they have for these children. She was telling me, I feel like I'm a boy. So uh, the school counselor was involved, the 
uh, TCFS was involved, LGBT was in there too. A mother contacted me after she found out that the school had been transitioning her 13-year-old. I said, take your daughter out of school and let's go through some processes and asking your daughter questions. And so we worked for about two weeks uh, through email. After about two weeks, the child admitted what had happened. I won't go into the details on it. The, the teacher decided to send the child to the school psychologist because the, the child was being quiet. And so the psychologist said, well, I think you're transgender and we, we're gonna help you with that. And, the, and really the psychologist was manipulating the young child into thinking that she was transgender. And, and you can force any young person into believing this if you spend enough time indoctrinating them. This happens in schools all the time where the teacher makes an inference to the child and to the school psychologist. They send the child to the psychologist. Automatically you have this this phony diagnosis of gender dysphoria when it's not. And so they begin then to tell them, well, you're, you're gonna change genders, we'll let give you, a, and the, in this case, they gave the, the girl a boy name. So this is what they're doing schools throughout the country. This is hideous. It's Frankenstein-ish kind of stuff. They have been indoctrinated for a decade already. And we are seeing the result. Uh, actually, the other day, I brought this conversation to my, to my daughter and uh, she's like, Mom, you're old. This is, this is another generation. You have to understand that this is normal. They, they now they have a voice. They now they are respected. And I'm like, they are not respecting our family. They are not respecting our values. They're trying to normalize the radical left agenda. They try to normalize drugs. They try to normalize abortion. They try to normalize transgender. You think it's normal. That's not normal. We have been doing this family institution for more than 3,000 years, and it's working. And that's, that's why you are, be, you are here right now. You have these bizarre people who say, well, it's a social construct when the child is born the parents, because they're indoctrinated, they put down a boy or a girl. No. I mean, that's, the, that's so absurd. They put down boy or girl because the child is a boy or girl. When I was trying to get my birth record restored in court, they, weren't, they wouldn't do it. They said, well, you know, you've, you've done the surgery, you can't, you, you're now female. You can't go back to mail. The, the surgeon and the doctor gave affidavit to the court saying that surgery and hormones has never changed anybody into a woman, that you can't change. The only thing you can do is neuter somebody. And so with that information, I eventually got my birth record restored. But what it did was it made this whole thing a big lie. You're just feminizing men or you're masculinizing women. And they said, yeah, basically that's what's happening. When it comes to the transgender question, whether someone can actually change um, their sex or not, again, we have to come back and balance uh, the truth of a, of a situation with what people perceive or what people feel. What we feel in our, in our emotions is not necessarily always true. Our emotions are swayed by many, many different factors in society, uh, and our emotions and our feelings, although they may be very strong and very powerful, are not always accurate and not always true. Uh, and so the biological facts of the matter are 
that males have two chromosomes, X and Y, and females have two, X and X. Now these chromosomes are built into every cell of our body. So this is why when uh, archeologists dig up a skeleton, they can actually tell whether it's male or female. If someone came up to me who is obviously transgender, I never use their pronouns, I don't use their name. I can talk to people for hours and never use a pronoun. And you, actually the truth is, we don't use pronouns unless they're, they're not in our presence. Like we'll say, oh, he is outside. But we don't use them when we're in a face-to-face -face conversation. So, but I will talk to them and, and they'll say, well, you know, I was thinking about this or that, and we'll have a deep conversation. And when it gets down to where I feel like I've built enough rapport with them, and I say, would you like me to be honest with you? Uh, you don't present yourself as a woman. The fact of the matter is you look like a man. I think it's important for you to know that. And I'm not being harsh. You're trying to put yourself out as a woman and you don't come across as a woman. And if you want to detransition, go to the store over there and get some men's clothes and cut your hair. And that's all you need to do. I was accused that I didn't want to open my eyes and that she felt since she was a little girl that she was a boy, which was not true. She was not even close to be a tomboy. Uh, LGBT was very supportive in telling her that the uh, state of California will pay for all the surgeries that she can go through. This was the best time to do it. Because if you don't do it right now, nothing, nothing that the, your mom or anyone do it is gonna make, make you happy and you're unhappy with your body, you hate your body, so you go for it. As time went on, she began to ramp up this transgender transition, this social transition of my son. She began to present him publicly in dresses. Finally, she enrolled him in school as a girl, and that was the last straw for me, and I began to stridently oppose it. Um, I opposed it so successfully that she filed another lawsuit to strip me completely of my parental rights. Still today, she dresses my son in dresses, teaches him that as a girl, and she's just put him back in school as a girl. And the school refuses to call my son by his legal name. Uh, when I have taken James to school in boys' clothes, the, the teacher gave him a dress. The schools are 100% in favor of this and are helping my ex-wife transition my son to a girl. One of the things I find so strange as a Catholic priest is, of course, you know, over the last 10 or 20 years, Catholic priests have really been, uh, you know, we've had a bullseye on our back, our back as pedophile priests. Uh, and we've had to struggle in the Catholic Church with a legacy of some pretty terrible stuff that's happened with priests who've been pedophiles and have been uh, sexualizing children and molesting children. And everybody in our society says how terrible that is and how horrible that is. But we seem to be overlooking the fact that this is happening in our schools. Teachers are bragging about how they are teaching our children a very highly sexualized atmosphere where you have teachers in, in second and third grade and first grade who are telling their children about their sex life. This is totally inappropriate for anybody in a position of authority. In the Catholic Church, if we did this, in the Christian Church, if we did this, they'd take us away, quite rightly, for, doing, for sexualizing children. And yet we're turning around and saying, well, this is okay in our schools. No, it's not okay in our schools. We have a situation now where there are teachers, and if you doubt what I'm saying, go to the libs of TikTok. 
teachers were telling little girls and boys that they may have been born in the wrong body or that they can change uh, their gender. There are people whose gender might be a little bit of both or might even be neither. The ideology of transgenderism is, is being perpetrated upon children by adults who are actually manufacturing uh, these individual transgender ind individuals out of whole cloth. They don't exist beyond the fact that we're telling them that they're transgender. The reason that this is an issue is because gender identity on the whole is a lie. If we're not going to deal in reality, then these awful situations are going to result and people who have the foresight and can say, well, here, here's some potential problems. Like, we should listen to those people because they can act, they're actually thinking ahead here. Trans, transgender, if we use the word, what we're really saying is that somebody was actually effective in changing from man to woman. And that's never happened. You can't say that human beings are sexually dimorphic species. That's seen as outdated or bigoted, even though it's true. It's, it's just absolutely mind-blowing and insane that the basics are being denied and people who are pushing this theory of gender as though that's objectively true. It's not. It's all a lie. We are actually playing Foursquare in a little, we are in line in Foursquare and there were some, there were the girls in my class behind me and so I was just about to get into the game and they were like, yeah, I'm bi, I'm pan, whatever. Like, I knew what bi meant. I knew that that was supposed to mean, like, you like girls and you like boys, that kind of thing. But, like, pan, I don't, I don't even know what that means. What are we doing teaching children at any age to, about sex, and particularly about, uh, about deviant sex? We did, there was family life education, and I did not do the school version of that. In Virginia, we call it family life education. It has different names around the country. It's sex education. What type of teacher wants to make a career of talking about sex to little children? Think about that. So I'm not sure if they got taught like she, this is bi and this is pan, this is what it is. I don't really think they exactly know the, like, exactly deep what it means. Like, I definitely don't know deep what it means either. But, like, I think it's just a thing to be like, I'm bi and I'm cool like that. And, you know, this is a cool thing that I'm doing. Don't you appreciate me? Our children are entirely too young to be taught, um, even about sexuality at a certain age. Um, and they've just been bringing things into school to children that are entirely too young to even understand what they're being taught. And our brains actually, um, at a certain age as children, they receive the information that they're given uh, when, it's, when we talk about sexuality, they receive it as trauma. And so we're traumatizing our children at very young ages, uh, which begins to sow the seeds of confusion. And children want to feel secure so that they can grow and they can learn. And um, what is happening is that we are destabilizing that foundation for children. They no longer feel secure or safe um, with the adults that they're around, quite frankly, because 
their brains are receiving this information as trauma. And therefore, when they're being taught all these different ideas about liking girls and boys at the same time, they really don't know what that means. They're not thinking in a sexual way unless someone has given that to them, unless someone has planted that in their minds. Thank you, and I want to say happy Pride to everybody. My name is Amber Beekler, and I'm a board member of the Transgender Education Association of Greater Washington, or TGEA. I'm also an LCPS alumna and a former substitute teacher, and I'm a proud transgender woman. My name is Willa Walkie, she, her, hers. While I live in Herndon, I run a community building group for parents of trans teens in Loudoun. I'm on the boards of the Transgender Education Association and FCPS Pride. I'm back here today proud as a proud screaming parent of a young transgender son in our Loudoun County School. I am gender nonconforming and I am queer and I was also sexually abused multiple times throughout my childhood and they were all straight men, white men, who did that to me. As a non-binary teacher I made a video about my personal pronouns for my school in June. You want to push that garbage down my kid's throat? I will make you call my kids king and queen. That's how we'll address my sons and my daughter. And you, you look at me, you call me master. Gender and sexuality is fluid. We shouldn't force people to feel like they have to conform into boxes. I, I don't know. You know, I know what a, a man is, and, I, and, and recently I've learned what a woman is because our new Supreme Court justice had no idea, so I figured I better look it up myself. But the rest of them mean nothing to me. They don't even know what they mean. The fact that an acronym keeps growing infinitely because they're adding new genders. There's not 72 genders, right? We don't need an acronym that's longer than the alphabet. And when you have to add a plus onto the end of it, oh my God, that just, but also, all that means is there's more coming. So I have many pictures that I presented to the court uh, where she really takes my son over the top into drag queen outfits. Even the custody evaluator in the 2019 trial recommended that my son be transitioned to a girl. And my experts proved in court that he misunderstood the diagnosis of gender dysphoria. I didn't even know the correct definition. And here he is recommending my son be transitioned, not knowing the definition of the clinical definition that he's applying. Horrible man. But even this man recognized that she had gone way over the top in pushing a transgender identity. Um, when, he, when, when James was brought to see Benjamin Albritton by Miss Georgilis, uh, Albritton's notes reflect that, you know, James was in high heels, a long wig, and looked like a drag queen. And that this was way over the top, more than should be done, despite the fact that he found she was pushing him to a transgender identity, he still recommended that James be transitioned and that she receive custody. I met with the principal to address the situation with the counselor, everyone, and um, they make things uh, worse. Because uh, the school psychology and the LGBT was tell that, uh, um, told DCFS that my daughter will be better off out of the house. And I said, okay, can I take my daughter home? And say said, no. Uh, we call uh, the social worker and you have to wait for her. And that's when the nightmare started. I have CB, uh, you know, DCFS in my house. I had LGBTQ at my house. 
Uh, I opened the door and I was open just to get my daughter back. Uh, I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And they, they took away my daughter when she was 16 years old. That was the last time that I had my daughter at home with me. My my own daughter, when 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 we were having this conversation about uh, transgenders, and uh, I told her and I asked her, "Do you remember when you uh, love it to be a mermaid and uh, so so strong and, and you were far to look up videos how to become a mermaid and you drink this salt water and uh, and she was laughing because uh, she did it she they, they'd say that that for becoming to a, a mermaid and she make me bought everything about mermaids and i want to make my hair red like the little mermaid and everything well imagine I will take it seriously. Imagine if I proceed with surgeries and putting your legs together and word uh, your future right now. She was laughing and she's like, oh my God, thanks mom, you didn't take me seriously when I, have, I was five, six, to, to give medication, to, to, to do surgery at a young age. This is pure child abuse. You have to, you are there not to be your friend of your kids. You are there to guide them, to educate them, to, to let them know what is the reality of life. It's, it's not to just let them uh, grow their fantasies. I'm raising money to help fund my son's transition related costs. I'm sharing this with his permission. Um, basically, we already have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria for him. Um, we have gotten his blood work done and we need to start him on puberty blockers as soon as possible. Now, I personally, I didn't, I transitioned later, so I wasn't familiar with how puberty blockers worked. Um, basically, my insurance doesn't cover this, which is wonderful, right? Um, the generic version of Lupron that we have a 22 and a half milligram dose that is going to cost out of pocket $468 per shot. The FDA just came out and said that Lupron, this is a common drug that it, it causes swelling to the brain. I mean, it's just, this is not, these aren't my words. These are the side effects that the FDA is encouraging and making Lupron put on the, on the package of this material. This stuff is dangerous. 80 plus percent of these kids will desist by the time they're 22. And yet we're encouraging kids to transition either chemically or surgically. Chemically, the drugs that they're putting these kids on have terrible side effects, not just occasionally, but the vast majority of the time. You're looking at, at little boys that will not, will not be able to procreate when they're 22, when they're 23. They will not be able to have kids that are sterilized. We're sterilizing our young daughters. If it's reasonable that we wait for somebody to be 18 years old to vote, or 18 or 20 or 21 years old, depending on the situation, to purchase a firearm, that I think it's only reasonable for somebody to have to be over 18 years old to make the decision to transition themselves. I don't think that parents should be allowed to transition their children before they're 18. I do believe that parents should be held accountable. 
parents, uh, people can call if they think a child is being neglected. So when you have a child that the parents are gung-ho about removing a child's breast or giving them puberty blockers, I'm saying child abuse. Absolutely. I have already exhausted most of my funds. I need help. I want to raise money to help cover his transition-related costs as um, it's very difficult to come out with that sort of money on short notice. Um, I know that I'm asking a lot, but I would do anything to make sure that he is able to continue his transition. The drugs that are being used to treat this condition have never been subjected to any long-term tests. And so we're essentially experimenting on a generation. How in the world is this acceptable? We look back at medical scandals where we sterilized, for example, black women in our society, and we rightly regard that as a crime. Well, it's no different if it's wrapped in a rainbow flag. Doctors are lying to parents. They are telling parents, and you know, doctors have great social trust in our society. And so if a doctor tells you, and with the, with the endorsement of the American Academy of Pediatrics, a lot of parents will just believe it, and understandably so. It, it, to many people, it may seem like, how could any parent ever embrace this? Well, when you have prominent institutions telling you that this is the standard of care, you can convince a lot of people. And I first and foremost blame the medical institutions who are doing this. When you put a child on a lifetime of experimental medicalization, and that's what we're dealing with, you are setting them up for medical complications, premature death, bone density loss, permanent sterility. The horrors just don't stop with this. So that's probably where most of the damage is done. It's in the medical arena. But everything that is involved in this ideology is destructive, every last bit of it. As a, as a mother myself, I cannot imagine giving somebody the ability to cut off my child's genitals. That is something that should be illegal. It's not something that should be legal in a civilized society where a child's body parts can be cut off. And I feel that the way we can take care of this issue is that there should be something written in laws that once the child reaches 18, they're able to sue either the, their parents or the doctors or both for allowing them to make that decision as a minor. This is a problem. The, the parents are a problem sometimes uh, because they lack the moral foundation. I am a proud mother of a 17-year-old transgender here in Loudoun County Schools. You have to wonder, well, why is a child thinking about that kind of thing at that age? The whole plan that she had was at eight, she wanted to put my son on chemical castration drugs and at 10 cross-sex hormones. And this is in the medical records. This is not like my opinion. In the medical records, she took my son to the Genesis Clinic in Dallas, Texas, and he was referred there for, quote, the medical side of treatments. We know from our own depositions and discovery in our court cases that once you get a child onto these puberty blockers, almost none of them get off of them for the rest of their lives and they become about a $4 million lifetime income stream to these gender clinics. The left also is very clever. When they build these gender clinics, they get local state banks on the hook in key Senate districts. They've planned this all out. So when you want to shut these clinics down, guess what? 
Now you get big, rich donors pushing the legislature not to, sh not to endanger these clinics' business, right? So there's big business in, doing, in, in, in uh, abusing children with what I call transgender child abuse. It's quite interesting because I sometimes receive phone calls from atheists and others who are not Christian, certainly, and they're not subscribers to any religious faith at all. And they'll tell me that this movement, when it has invaded their home and it has impacted their family, that they believe in demons. The transgender movement is an anti-Christian movement. It's a satanic deception. It's about the destruction of all Christian norms in our society and the destruction of all Christian societies itself. You, you know, where you'd see a lot of kids who were coming in with cutting and then um, eating disorders. And this is the newest, latest disorder. I can't count the number of moms and dads that have come to me and have said, my child who was raised in the church Baptized in the church is now questioning uh, their gender. It's so sad. And unfortunately, these kids are left to fend for themselves because the church won't talk about it. Even youth pastors, for the most part, refuse to talk about it. To think that this is a biological thing is ridiculous. To think that this is just a cultural thing is, is um, naive. This is also a spiritual issue of our day. Um, this, is, this is the spirit of Antichrist in America. Man and woman are created in God's image as male and female. Now, from the very beginning, Satan hated us. He hates male and female. He hates marriage. He hates procreation. He's jealous of that love. He's jealous of that reality that we have that he doesn't have. We have bodies. He doesn't have that. So what does he want to do? He wants to destroy our bodies. He will destroy our bodies through abortion. He will destroy our bodies through mutilation. He will destroy our bodies through war, through violence, through suicide. The lie that is told most often to parents in a vulnerable position is that, well, would you rather have a dead son or a living daughter? Because if you don't allow your child to medically transition, they will commit suicide. That, that is their main threat that they use, but it's a fear tactic. The reverse is true, <laughs> that people are more distressed after they go through this. This doesn't solve their problems, because you don't cut the body to heal the mind. I attempted suicide after I went through this and identified as Laura. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to kill myself for being so utterly stupid to think that I could go through this and actually become somebody else. And I could see the harm, not only that I had done to my, my own self, but the harm that I had done to everybody around me. It's sort of like a hand grenade going off in the family, and everybody's affected by it. It's very destructive. I wanted to die. I did not want to be the person that was causing all this destruction. According to the studies out of Sweden, you're 19 times more likely to die by suicide after you go through the, the hormonal and surgical change. It's never been about gender. It's, it's about other issues. This is a group of people who want to destroy the foundation of the church. They want to destroy the whole cornerstone of the church. Because if you can destroy male and female, which keep in mind those two units, male and female, make up the foundation of the church. Because male and female make family. That's what God created. God did not create transgenderism. He doesn't make transgenders. And so, 
What we have is, I believe, a group of people who are an all-out effort to dehumanize man and dehumanize woman so that the church will collapse under the weight of this evil. It is very destructive. I see it, how it's tearing families apart. It's ruining marriage. It grieves me what I see in America because this is my nation. Uh, and I uh, grew up in this nation and there were certain things that we believed we could take for granted. Well, no more. And it's shocking that we're not protecting our children. And I'd like to invite any children or people who would like to see a picture book that I will be showing on the iPad here. I have an awesome story to share with you today. I'm really excited to share it with you. I think it's demonic. I think there is a spiritual battle that's being waged. And I'm afraid America is losing it. God judges nations. And I would say that America is in uh, line to be judged or that America is being judged and that God is withdrawing his hand from our nation. And I believe that America, if it has not already fallen as a nation and as a world power, it will very soon. God used Israel's enemies to punish Israel. Uh, nations that were more, even more heinous than Israel, he used them as instruments of punishment. Look at China. Look how evil it is with the harvesting of organs. That is the nation that our current leaders seem to be subservient to. Uh, that's the nation that I believe will be the world power. And if you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, the rewards uh, for obedience to God and the punishments, one of the punishments is that uh, the nation falls. And I believe that America has fallen or will fall to China and that it will be our own doing. We're seeing things in America we never thought we would see. Recently we went to a store and there was a shirt there. It was a rainbow shirt and it said something like, it's sun gay or it's mon gay or something like a day of the week that they had changed into like their gay day or something. I'm not even sure. The only hope for Christians, I believe, is that there would be another great awakening that would, you know, pretty much take a miracle. It could happen. The real harm of the transgender uh, movement is that it is the ultimate defiance against God himself. You know, in Genesis 1:27, it says God made them male and female. God is the one who assigns gender. And to question God's uh, assignment of gender is to question his authority as the sovereign of the universe. So I think the transgender movement represents the ultimate rebellion against God. It's man's way of saying one more time, we know better than God does about how to run our lives and how to run the universe. And that's always a prescription for chaos and disaster. She was putting in a foster care where, where uh, LGBT was, uh, rights group was there for her, supporting her, uh, going through the changes, going through uh, Los Angeles Children's Hospital. I went at the first meeting, I forgot about that, uh, just to see how are you gonna prepare my daughter into all this transition. Oh, she just watched a video about it and she's gonna start the, with the hormones. I try my best to get her back, going to court every single month.
I've never missed a court date because I want my daughter back. That's all I wanted. I want to see her happy. I want her back home. Just standing up against genital mutilation is considered a hate crime now. There's a whole movement, transgender movement, to simply mentally kidnap your child and abuse your child without your permission. And when you object to it, your child is expelled. Right now in Fairfax County, they are considering a policy to expel students who don't use the proper uh, words in the school. You know, you were trying to teach these children English and literature and writing, and how are they supposed to know how to do that if there is no standard anymore because we're totally confusing them with what they're supposed to be calling different children. There are a lot of people involved in this movement um, that I don't know necessarily know the depths of the evil. Um, and the enemy is doing his best to um, take our children uh, down. Dr. Susan Fletcher, Dr. Threets, who have been grooming my child to social transition are, are guilty of pushing a child and grooming a child for child abuse. That's what I'm dealing with, that's what I'm finding, and that's why the courts took my children. They don't want to make this illegal, they want to censor my political speech, but these bastards are not going to shut me up. Today, instead of focusing on the hate that seems to be dripping off the followers of Jesus in their room, in this room, and from their kids in our schools, I wanted to take the time. Oh wait. For those of us who are Christians, who are conservatives, we have targets on our back. And for most of American history, it's been okay uh, to be a Christian. In fact, you were in the majority and you had it pretty easy. Well, not anymore. Being a Christian will cost you. You may lose your life, you may lose your business, you may lose your children, you may lose everything that you value. You still have God, but you're gonna suffer. You're gonna really bear the cross of Christ. And so the fun and games are over in America. If you are Christian, you're gonna pay a price. And that's just the way it is. For the first 150 years of America, our country was a Christian nation. You have the Supreme Court countless times saying America is a Christian nation. John Jay, the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said, in this Christian nation, God has given us the privilege of choosing our leaders. But all of that changed suddenly in 1962 when somebody got the bright idea, well, maybe we can be good without God. And there was a concerted effort uh, by the left to remove the mention of God through prayer, through the Bible reading in the schools, through the uh, mentions in the public square, to remove God from society. And we're suffering the result of that right now. I mean, if there is no creator to whom we're accountable, well, why not do whatever we want to do? We have to go back to our roots, our Christian, Judeo-Christian biblical values. We have to elect people that want this. And that's why I feel that we have an opportunity right now because the devil has shown us what it, what it looks like when he's in control. And I think a lot of people are now starting to realize that when we reject the Lord and the devil takes over, things don't go very well. And I believe that we are at an opportune time where a lot of people who may have not really wanted to, you know, consider faith or even have faith in God 
are now starting to think about it. Morality comes from God because if you take God out of any any situation or any uh, policy or anything like that, if I go and murder somebody, you can't tell me anything. If there's no God in the picture, that, that can be survival of the fittest. You know, if you think of things as evolution, you know, there is no reason for me to tell you the truth. Why should I tell you the truth? if there is no God or morality involved. So God is the center of morality. And when you take God out of it, there's no reason why any society should, you know, not be racist, should not be um, murdering, should not be lying and all of these things. Asking, you know, football coaches or football teams to not pray after a game, it seems like we're removing one of the greatest opportunities to develop moral fiber in people. We're, we're removing that from our society, and our society has become weak because of it. So, uh, I already said, my name's Noah, and I know about Noah's Ark in the Bible, right? So, in a nutshell, God flooded the earth because there was wickedness and like bad things going on in the earth. And so, basically, Noah, who was, he and his family were righteous people that lived on the earth, and they, so God instructed them to put animals on a big boat, and he flooded the earth, and it was wiped out, and God made a covenant with Noah, and he said, I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky to say, like, I'm not going to flood the earth again. I will I will not never ever flood the entire earth again. So the rainbow is a symbol of God's promise to Noah that he would never flood the earth again. So now it's been turned into like a I'm transgender, here's my rainbow. Look at all this diversity and color and here's all of it. This is my this is my thing. Look at all the colors. Look at what I can be. I think that there are other kids in my school that know like what the rainbow is, and well, I I know like its origin is from the Bible and from something good. But now what they've turned it into, and now what it is, is a like symbol for transgender gay people. So I feel like the people in my school that do know what that is, they don't know, they don't think rainbow, God is good, God's promise is something good, this is a good thing. They think rainbow, transgender, gay, gay people, something that's not what it really is. What I really hurt me the most, the they, I was told not to talk about God to my daughter. You cannot keep talking about God to with your daughter. I have one hour per week to visit with my daughter, with someone right there. So I won't talk about God. I won't tell her to come back home. I, and you know, before I went to her, I used to say, okay, remember what you can talk and what you cannot talk with your daughter. And I go like, it's my daughter. And you cannot tell me not to talk about God because they grew up in church. 
we know the values so you cannot tell me that oh but if you do you know that hour is gonna go to zero you're not gonna be able to see because that's gonna make her feel uncomfortable it's gonna make him uncomfortable it is not surprising to me that the officials who were pushing this on abigail's family told her that she wasn't allowed to speak about her faith because the Christian faith stands in direct opposition to this ideology. It really is a microcosm of what's going on uh, on a larger scale because this ideology is antichrist. There's no other way of putting it. Parents are being silent systematically. The media is suppressing thought. Any scrutiny of this issue, it's just, it, it just people are shut down. So many people have been booted off of Twitter and other social media platforms for daring to call a man, a male a man. My publication, The Christian Post, has been frozen out of their Twitter account because we referred to Rachel Levine, who is a male, as a man. I am honored to serve as the first female four-star officer of the U.S. Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. You know, I gave the speech that blew up the Loudoun County School Board. I was the 50th speaker. We each had one minute. So when I gave my speech, I went directly after the members of the school board. It's absurd and immoral for teachers to call boys girls and girls boys. You're making teachers lie to students and even kids know that it's wrong. This board has a dark history of suppressing free speech. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. A number of folks like Scott Manel and Ian Pryor and um, others started to make a case that there was a problem. And the board's response to that was to form a Facebook group to identify and to try to cancel and discredit the parents that were coming to the board meetings. Facebook group, the anti-racist parents of Loudoun County, their initial target was me. They called me out by name. They called my organization out by name. They, they were methodical in, in that they would, went back to the 2021 school year to review school board videos to listen to anybody that opposed critical race theory. 
They form their own Facebook account. They exclude people and they start listing people that they're looking and going after and urging other people to go after them. This is unheard of in the history of modern democracy. This is an example of excessive corruption in the school board. To think that you can abuse the public by naming individuals who come before you and also exclude them from access to the same forum. This is the whole point of having an elected government. This is the whole point of having an elected school board to hold your elected official accountable. Today, parents, teachers who go into a public hearing are being criminalized by the Federal Bureau of Investigation Counterterrorism Unit. Are you aware of any time in American history when an attorney general has directed the FBI to begin to intervene in school board meetings? So Loudoun County has, has since the, the jump, the very beginning, has denied, denied, denied the implementation, the teaching, the training of critical race theory in the schools. We will continue to celebrate our dedicated educators and great public school curriculums. And despite what the fear-mongering media tells you, no, critical race theory is not being taught in our schools. Lie number one is the Equity Collaborative, who they hired in 2019. On their website, in their own material, is material for critical race theory training. Number two, I have an invoice from Equity Collaborative to Loudoun County Public Schools for what? Critical race theory training. So when they say it's not, be, those are just two mild examples, those are two obvious examples. So when they say, and they say to this day that they're not doing that, they're full of crap because I have the bill of goods. I have an invoice for 32 grand that I FOIA'd from that, that school system, this school system, that says those words critical race theory in it. So don't tell me it's not happening. In a very direct way, um, this transgender movement has transcended from critical race theory uh, from an or from an intersectionality perspective, and it's called critical queer theory. So they've adopted their own theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color, and you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. I am disgusted by your bigotry. Madam Chair, I move to end public comment. Second. There's been a motion to end public comment. Is there a second? I second. Motion made by Ms. Reeser and seconded by Ms. King. Is there any discussion? All in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Ms. Corbo, can I record your vote, please? Aye. Thank you, the motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda item. Everybody leave. You are now being ordered to leave. Is it Yes, it's trespassing, yes ma'am. This is trespassing. You are scheduled to be here. How is this trespassing? Please leave, please leave. Please leave. Thank you. Thank you. I'm asking you to leave. We were supposed to go until 7, until 
the school board heard something they didn't like. You guys are actually supporting the suppression of people's rights. Donna, are you refusing to leave at this time? Yes, I'm refusing to Deputies, please arrest this individual for trespassing. I got arrested because I was trespassing at a public meeting in a public space, if that's in any way possible. Arrested a gentleman for speaking. Oath breakers, breaking your oath. Breaking your oath. All he did was speak. The narrative has shifted. The narrative has shifted from schools are good, they're doing the best job they can, and school boards are just trying to be nice to people who have issues, to realizing that there is a fundamental underlying problem. Division is being pushed, perversions being pushed, and ultimately tyrannical behavior is being allowed in schools. And the net result is an entire generation of parents has woken up to the fact that they got to do something. How do we grab a hold of this and bring it to its knees? And, and we have to do it collectively. We all have to be willing. When people say they're transgender, we say, no, you're not. When people say they're transitioning, no, you can't. When people say they have gender dysphoria, I say, no, you don't. See, if we use their language, we are giving them power to destroy our nation. That's their language. This is not, this is not biblical language. The only biblical language is male and female. And so if we dive into this and stop using the word transgender, stop using the word transitioning, you know, there is transgenderism, but it's like alcoholism. It's an addiction. It's something wrong. And, and we need to dive in and find out what's causing them to not like who they are. That's the most important question. I ask every last person, tell me why you don't like who you are and tell me what happened that caused you to not like who you are. And then thirdly, tell me why you think you're gonna be better off after you cut off some of your body parts and fill yourself with hormones. So I noticed that the depression, the face, the look of my daughter was changing. Her voice brought it up to the attorney to slow down with everything. And he, I was told that they can't. They couldn't stop anything, but continue with, to help her save her life. Now I'm here telling the story, but my daughter, I don't have my daughter anymore. On September, 2019 at around 9.30, she decided to take her life away. She went to the railroad track. I was told that she just walked in front of the train, lay on her knees, raised her hands, and took her life away. The day, before, the day that she took her life, I got this pain in my chest the whole day. I was keep texting her, no answer, but she used to do that. 
So I thought it was something normal. All of a sudden, um, like at four o'clock after I pick up my son from the high school, he asked me, how you doing, mom? You know, I don't know. I just, I'm sad. I just want to, I feel like I want to run away and scream, but I, I don't know why. But you know, like a mother sent, I, I, I think I felt, you know, what she was going through, what was in her head. We all went, the police was there. And when I was talking to him, he got a phone call and he told me, I gotta take this. He was talking with another guy, but I didn't know that the phone call was because they got a phone call that the person that they were looking was probably the one that they report at Pomona Railroad. They didn't say anything to me. But um, yes, it was my daughter who they were picking, you know, their pieces out of the tree. I want everyone to know the truth about what happened to our family because it didn't have to happen. I don't want this to happen to any other family. Any other mom deserved to suffer this or to, to go through all this pain. This pain doesn't have a name. Like I tell people, I had, when they, how are you doing? And I say, I can't explain this pain. There is no name. And even when you breathe, it hurts. There is a lot of pain. So thank you so much for listening to my story. This child abuse is going to ruin this country. This is the hill to die on. This is the denial of the ultimate and most fundamental reality of personhood. This is the hill for conservatives to die on. If we lose this battle, all battles in the future will be lost.